You're listening to episode 16 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today is going to be a little bit of a quickie. I'm going to try and keep it short because everybody is busy this time of year. If you're listening to it in real time, it's the middle of summer. Uh, I know lots of people are traveling and that is what we're going to be talking about today. So traveling and keeping your gut healthy and happy while you're traveling because this is such a big problem for so many people that and and also people just end up feeling like I have clients that will come to me and and when they've got a trip coming up and they're really concerned about how to eat when they're going away and and I never want that to be anyone's main concern because we need to be eating in a way that we can kind of pack it up and and take it anywhere not physically pack up our food and take it with us just (laughs) just that we're actually able to take whatever lifestyle we've created with us and not have to stress about it. That's really always the goal here is that we're we're making sure that you're not having to overly stress yourself and that you're just good where you are. You're you're eating in a sustainable way. So um, I have seven different points that I'm going to cover here. And generally digestion slows down during travel for most people. That's just the way it goes. It's sort of the name of the game. And that can cause some, a lot of a lot of issues for people and a lot of discomfort, obviously, as well. Even just the act of being in a different location can actually cause changes to your gut bacteria. And you, you might even be eating or drinking differently, obviously, or, or sleeping at different hours. Like there's so many different things that can that can change when we're traveling. If you are hopping on a flight, uh, then you may also be dealing with jet lag as well. So there's all kinds of, of different issues here that can really heavily impact our guts. Our guts generally like routine. Like once you're in, you're in a good routine where your gut is is pretty happy, for the most part, it really prefers routine. <laughs> and traveling just totally throws that off. But there's lots that we can do to keep things in a really great place. So the very first one that I want to talk about, number one, is eating your vegetables. Yes, it is not always as easy to come by vegetables in some locations. In fact, um, I was actually just in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, and then up through Cape Breton Island uh, a couple months ago. And in Halifax, it was really easy to come by vegetables. For anyone who doesn't know that like, Halifax is sort of the main city. But then when once we went into um, Cape Breton Island, it was much more rural, and it was very actually very difficult to come by vegetables. I actually wasn't really expecting that, because typically when I travel... You know, we just stop at grocery stores and stuff like that. And we were doing that. We were stopping grocery stores, but a lot of them had, they were really tiny grocery stores and they had next to no selection of vegetables. I'm talking very little, like out of an entire store that wasn't that big to begin with, a very, very tiny little corner of the store was dedicated to any vegetation whatsoever. (laughs) So they were more difficult to come by than I had expected. And even in restaurants, we were having a little bit of a hard time finding much in the way of vegetables on the menu. Basically, most things on on the menu at almost every restaurant we went to was essentially um, some sort of fish because obviously seafood is big out there. Or, you know, they would have like like beef and steak and stuff sometimes. 
and potatoes. And that was essentially it. And I have no problem with potatoes. The potatoes get villainized. I actually, I really like potatoes and they, they're, they're a great source of carbohydrates, but I also need like other vegetables. <laughs> I, I function best when I'm having lots of, you know, leafy greens and I, I don't know, broccoli, things like that. It, broccoli actually was the one that I was able to come by once in a while. So that was really helpful. But there was one restaurant that we were in and we had looked at the menu and there weren't a lot of vegetables, but what I tend to do is I will look at the full menu and see what comes with vegetables. So even if I don't want that particular protein, then I sometimes will say like, Hey, I noticed that, you know, uh, this, I don't know, hamburger comes with a side of mixed vegetables, but I really want the, the cod. Can I substitute the vegetables from the hamburger to go with the cod? Nine times out of 10, they're totally cool with that completely accommodating. Like it, it's usually never an issue. They don't even bat an eyelash at something like that. Or if something comes with maybe like a little tiny bit of vegetables and then extra potatoes or something like that, you can just say, Hey, can I just have, you know, an extra serving of vegetables instead of the potatoes? You know, especially if you've already been kind of like eating and in, in a way that isn't making you feel great. Again, I have nothing against potatoes, but if you just are trying to, to fit in some extra other types of vegetables, that's a really great time to ask for that. And I did that I, I, and I've done that before multiple times and they're always cool with that as well. So don't be afraid to ask. Like if you're asking nicely and, and you're being really polite about it, most places are gonna have no issue with that whatsoever. So it, it's funny because when we were in one of the restaurants uh, out in Cape Breton Island, I had taken a look at the menu and noticed that there weren't many vegetables, and, which we were becoming used to by that point. Um, and there was a, a couple behind us and I heard um, the guy say to the girl something about that there weren't many vegetables on, on the menu. I guess I wasn't the only one thinking it. And she said, oh, who needs vegetables? I'm on vacation. And I thought, okay, but how are you going to, like, how are you going to feel when you get home? This is my, this is my problem because this actually leads into number two, which is designing a lifestyle you can take anywhere because it doesn't mean that you can't indulge. I, I would encourage you to indulge, especially, you know, in, in local food, uh, maybe delicacies and stuff that you wouldn't get at home or that maybe are so much better in their original location, something like that. Indulge, like have those amazing things, treat yourself in that regard. But I still encourage people to make sure that your basics are covered. So basically just protein and vegetables. Keep that, keep that simple, really, really simple thing in mind that if you are maintaining protein and vegetables, then have whatever else you, you feel like having, as long as you kind of have that baseline to come back to, because that's going to make you feel good. And nobody wants to feel bloated and uncomfortable and shitty on, on their trip when you're traveling. That's no fun. That just it takes all the fun out of it, right? So we still want to feel good and we still want to feel functional while we're traveling. And we also want to be able to come home and not feel again, like super bloated and uncomfortable. Nobody likes that. Anyone I've ever talked to who goes on vacation and comes back like 10 or 15 pounds heavier generally is not thrilled about that. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it. it. It just means that maybe you're depriving yourself a little bit too much in your everyday life. And if you can find some middle ground, then it could potentially work out a lot better for you. And then once you get to a new location, you, you potentially also won't feel so deprived that it's like letting loose and I'm on vacation. I can eat whatever the hell I want and overeating, eating to the point of discomfort. And that's also really hard on your digestion when you're overeating and, and eating all kinds of really rich foods that maybe your body isn't used to. 
that's tough on the body and your body is not going to be happy about that. So just be really careful about that. And wherever you can prioritize things like vegetables, I think that's going to, to really make a huge, huge difference for you. The other thing is too, is that, um, it, like I said before, stopping at grocery stores as well, that can be really, really crucial. Um, I actually almost always uh, end up staying at places that have kitchens. That's just something that I personally enjoy doing. And it doesn't mean that I cook every meal, but sometimes it's nice to be able to just, you know, cook breakfast or something like that, save some money. And then you can go out for the rest of the day for lunch and dinner. But then for breakfast, then you know that you're guaranteed to get at least one big serving of vegetables if you're going to design your meal that way, right? So number one is eat veggies. Number two is to design a lifestyle that you can take anywhere um, and balancing eating like the locals and versus what makes you feel good. Number three is hydrating. This is a tough one. I know that it, it's really tough because there's also, it, we often run into issues where there isn't easy washroom access, especially if you're walking around all kinds of places. I've been like all over places in, in Europe sometimes where I would be like trying to, to find like fast food restaurants just so that I could just jump in and, and use the washroom. Um, it, it's, it's tough, right? It, it is tricky. I totally get that. But what you can do is kind of just sip, keep a water bottle with you, keep a reusable water bottle with you, ideally. So you can take one on a plane with you as long as it's empty, right? So I usually have a glass one that's covered in silicone and I just take it with me through the gates uh, to hop in a plane and then fill it up from a fountain once I'm through the gates. And that usually works really well. And then there's normally water fountains most places where you're going, hopefully, um, or you can always ask at a restaurant or something like that to fill it up for you. Again, most places have no issue with that. So then you always at least have something to carry water with you so that you've got it when it's convenient. It, again, it is tougher during like longer plane trips or car rides or something like that. Uh, but however much you can drink is really going to keep your digestion moving and it's going to make you feel better. You're also going to find that if you're drinking regularly, you probably aren't going to be having as many cravings or eating things that you wouldn't typically eat just because, right? Because a lot of times we mistake um, hunger when it's actually dehydration and it is so easy to get dehydrated on trips. Um, and if you're, if you're going for a car trip, again, it's the same situation. I know that it's tough because we don't want to stop every two seconds or something like that to, uh, to go to the restroom. But whenever you can find ways to, you know, just be sipping water, maybe instead of chugging it, that can be really, really helpful because then it, it's not as likely to make you feel like you have to go to the washroom all the time. So sipping water regularly is a really, really good idea. Uh, number four, also kind of related to this is, is kombucha, drinking kombucha. If you've never had kombucha before, it's actually a fermented tea. It's really bubbly. It almost tastes like, um, I haven't had pop in years, but it, it, I guess it kind of tastes like pop. It's all kinds of different flavors. It's much more easy to come by now than ever before. And I know lots of people who make their own at home too, but it's not something that would particularly travel well at all. So you would likely need to, to buy it wherever it is that, that you're going. Um, most grocery stores will carry it now and it's just really, really awesome for digestion and keeping things moving. I actually found one. I really like, uh, there's a few of, of different kombuchas that I really like, but there's one called GTs that is totally delicious. And when I was in Halifax, before we kind of went more rural, <laughs> didn't find any kombucha in the rural area, but 
when we were in Halifax, where it was uh, like much more urban, um, I found a GT's kombucha that was full of chia seeds. For anyone who doesn't know, chia seeds um, are really, really awesome for digestion. They're, they have tons of fiber. Again, they will keep things moving through your digestive system. And because digestion tends to slow down, that can be a really great thing to do. Within reason, I wouldn't recommend doing more than a couple tablespoons a day max. Um, everyone might react a little bit differently to that. So just be careful because you don't want to go to the opposite end of the spectrum either. But I actually found that chia seed kombucha so helpful. However, I don't see that particular one very often. So that one can be a little bit tough to come by, but uh, if, if you want to pick up just plain chia seeds and just kombucha in general, kombucha is going to be a really, really great choice to sip on. Um, number five is how to eat during travel. So what I mean by that is, is during the actual traveling period itself, like on a road trip to your destination or on an airplane or something like that. There's two options here. Uh, I tend to prefer fasting at least for plane rides. Car rides I'm not as, as specific about, but I, I often do fast uh, during air travel because digestion is generally stressed during travel anyway. It can be a good option to just keep you feeling light. I actually find that it also helps me with uh, managed jet lag as well. And now this is only a good option though if your blood sugar is okay and if it makes you feel good. Then fasting is an option. Obviously always check with your doctor first. Um, you, you also need to make sure that you're hydrating really, really well, like even more so than usual, if you're going to be fasting. So that's going to be really important to remember. I wouldn't just randomly experiment that with that. You, you need to kind of make sure that you're going to be, um, okay, because I don't want you to, to fast and then feel really awful from it. And then it just makes for a crappy start to your trip. So definitely take that one carefully. Um, and, and I would definitely, uh, talk to your doctor about that first, obviously, Nothing I ever say here is medical advice. Check with your doctor. Um, but if you aren't gonna go the fasting route or if that just doesn't uh, feel good for you, what you can also try is just eating really lightly. So nothing too heavy. I would usually recommend avoiding things like fried foods, um, again, overeating, like eating really, really large meals or anything like that. Eat lightly because that's going to help your digestion to stay steady and you're going to just feel better. Nobody, nobody is, is comfortable traveling when you feel like you have a rock sitting in your stomach. That's just not fun. This also leads into the next one, which is number six, movement and exercise. So this is part of the problem, right? This is sometimes why we'll end up feeling like there's a huge rock sitting in our stomach because we're usually during these actual time periods of, of traveling itself, like plane rides or, or car rides or whatever, we're not really moving much. We're just sitting still, right? So it's it's tougher on our digestive system because digestion responds really well to movement and exercise. So if you're on a plane, I would recommend standing as often as you can. Uh, it's sort of, it's also an extra excuse to hydrate as long as your seatmate doesn't get too grumpy about that. <laughs> hopefully you have an aisle seat or something like that, um, or you you know the person that you're traveling with. But that can be a really, really great one. Stand up as much as you can. That's obviously just going to keep the blood moving too. It's really, really important to do that as often as you can. If you are doing a car ride, I would try and plan out as many sort of semi-regular quick stops as you can. You can kind of walk around, you can stretch, you can maybe even do a few squats or push-ups or something like that. And once you get to your destination, 
Maybe you check out, I don't know, a great local hiking spot where you're going. Or just leave the car wherever you're staying and walk around that destination if, if that's possible, depending on where you are. Let yourself get lost some days. I, I used to do that when I was backpacking through Europe. I would actually just purposely let myself get lost sometimes because if you can believe this, it's only 10, 10 years ago and I was traveling by myself without a cell phone. So I didn't have like GPS or anything like that. I had little maps, like actual little paper maps. Remember those? <laughs> little paper maps. I'm seriously dating myself here. <laughs> and I would just use that. And, and if I got lost, I would figure it out. I would just trust myself to figure it out. So that can be actually really helpful because guess what? If, if you know, you wander a little bit off course, again, safely, like within reason to like a reasonable area where you feel safe, you feel comfortable, then that can be really, really helpful to get in extra steps and get in that extra movement for you. And number seven is to map it out. So like I said before, getting places with a kitchen. So if you've never looked into uh, Airbnbs, I've booked Airbnbs all over the world at this point. Um, it's, it's generally the only way I will travel. I, I think I went to a business conference a few weeks, a few months ago where it was kind of mandatory that we stay at a hotel. So I, I did stay at a hotel for that, but generally I, I only book Airbnbs. I love them. I've had nothing but awesome experiences with them. Um, and usually if, if you're unsure, just take a look at the website. Just take a look at the website, play with some different filters, some different locations, pricing, stuff like that. And just always look for places that uh, have really great ratings. So high ratings are definitely the key. And actually, if you want uh, a coupon for $45 off your first booking, you can actually go to the show notes. I've got a coupon listed there for you so that you can get $45 off if it is your first time booking. So that's just an, an added bonus. Um, in terms of mapping it out, Again, map out where you're staying in comparison to, you know, grocery stores or some great places to eat, you know, hop on. It, it's not always the best, but places like Yelp or something like that can at least give you a good idea. I also really like an app called Happy Cow. Um, I, I've downloaded it mostly just specifically for traveling. And it's really helpful because you can pick places that are entirely plant-based, which I'm, I'm not entirely a plant-based eater at all. I do eat meat. But I do find that places that uh, have sort of those more vegetarian or vegan or, or plant heavy options, eat, a lot of them will actually still offer meat, but then you're just better able to have access to more vegetables usually. So that can just be a kind of bringing things full circle. That can be a really great way to find places that are going to carry more vegetables for you as well. So hopefully that's helpful. And if you liked all of this and you want some more ideas, I actually have come up with a little bonus snack guide with some of my favorite snacks. Because car rides I find I don't really fast much at all. I get very snacky in a car, <laughs> much more so than airplanes. Or uh, sometimes like my partner will, will want food on an airplane or something like that. So I always make sure to, to pack snacks and stuff that I know he will really like. So I do have a bonus snack guide listed in the show notes at roomtogrowpodcast.com. Um, and you can definitely go check that out there. I've got all kinds of delicious goodies. There's also a post there about how to beat jet lag. I've written about this in the past and people have told me that it, it helps them so much. So that's a really, really good one to go for. I actually almost never have much jet lag at all. Even when we're talking like six plus hours, I'm, I'm very good at, uh, I I've just kind of gotten very good at getting back on track relatively quickly using some of these tips. So definitely go check out the post on how to beat jet lag as well. 
Um, I'm also listing a few of my favorite places to eat in a couple different exotic locations. And I'm also going to link my calendar there as well. And if you have any specific questions about anything that we've talked about here, anything about digestion or hormones or just how to eat while traveling, whatever you, you want to talk about, you can actually book a free 30 minute call with me. Uh, totally free. I, I'll list my calendar there for you. And again, if you're listening to this in real time, I actually just opened up a handful more spots for August. So that will be open and ready for you. You can just pop right in and book a spot and we can chat. <laughs> so I hope that this is helpful and that you're able to get something out of this that will really help you to enjoy your next trip as much as possible while feeling your absolute best. And there, just remember that there is always room to grow and I will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. Can you do me one favor though? Can you take a screenshot of this and tag me on social media? I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a review on iTunes, that would make a huge difference. It's really important to have those, those reviews so that we can get the word out there about the podcast, get more amazing guests on and get as much information out there as we possibly can together. Looking forward to growing with you.